You know, I have to make this a quick one. I'm not feeling well. Um, I'm pretty sure I have the flu. And I don't get the flu. Trust me. I, I ha- this is the, If I do have the flu, this is the first time I've had the flu since the Clinton administration. Okay. So at least. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. It, it probably... Probably 20 years. I haven't had the flu in 20 years. It's weird to say that 20 years ago I was (laughs) able to remember having the flu, but 20 years ago I was 12 years old, which I still can't believe. I'm 32. Wild. Um, So anyway, 32 is still young, but it's also like you've, you've had, you've lived a life, you know? Um, so I'm, I, I'm not feeling well, like, honestly, like yesterday or no, it was on Tuesday when my body just like started like totally aching. And I was like, what is this? Um, and then I don't know, it was, there was like pain and I felt like I was going to faint. And then I was, um, like hot and cold and then cold and hot. It was awful. That's the flu. Who am I kidding? And I did have the flu shot this year. I get the flu shot now because, um, mostly because my niece, um, is immunocompromised. So I, you know, I have to make sure all of my, uh, vaccinations and everything are up to date if I want to see my niece. Um, so, but before that, I never was into the flu shot. Um, and let me tell you, they did their best, but clearly whatever I have was not covered by whatever they had in this year's flu shot. Cause I am not feeling well, even though I'm like, I stayed home yesterday from work and I, you know, tried to rest as best as I could. I'm not really a person who is good at resting or relaxing. It's just something that's um not really for me. I <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's like I get anxious if I'm if somebody's like you should go relax, like that just like makes me anxious and I want to like, you know, check my emails, do something productive. Um I just have this like busybody type mentality. Even like when I'm watching trash reality television, I feel like I should be multitasking. Like sometimes if I'm watching um, you know, like Real Housewives or 90 Day Fiance, I'll, you know, I'll be doing laundry or, uh, washing dishes, uh, cooking. Y- yes, I do it all, folks. I do it all. Can you believe it? I, I do laundry. I cook. I clean. I pay my own bills. 
I, um, what else do I do that's important that men care about? I do all of it and I'm on my own. You know, I, I would be a great housewife, but am, is that the path I chose in life? No, it is not. I chose the path of, uh, honestly, self-chosen torture. <laughs> Stand up comedy, folks. Um, yeah, I've been kind of struggling lately. Um, even when I drove home tonight, I, so I, I was driving up this hill. I don't want to like give too much away about where I live in LA, but, um, I live more like on the south side of LA. And I was driving home from a class tonight that I'm taking. And I was driving over the street where there's a hill. At the top of the hill, you can see um, a really nice view of downtown Los Angeles. And every time I see it, like, I don't know, I get a little emotional. I don't know why. Downtown LA, like, when you're in it, is the worst. Um <laughs> But when you're looking at it from a distance in the in the night sky, it's lovely. Um, so I was driving home and I just had this like single like gigantic tear rolling down my face, rolling down the right side of my face. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this city like eats so many people alive. This is what I was thinking. But I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. I like a lot of people move to LA and they think it's going to be one way, but then it turns out to be a different way and then they leave. And I remember when I was, um, you know, still like mulling over the idea of moving to LA years ago, you know, people will tell me like, well, so-and-so moved to LA and then he came back because he was broke and, you know, he just like couldn't handle it out there. And people like told me, they're like, well, you'll be back. You'll be back. These are people who... I grew up with in Colorado Springs. They'd be like, you'd be back. You'll be back. And no, I have not been back. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that I'm just that type of person where, you know, if, if I have a problem, if I need to like find money or if I need to, you know, fix something or resolve an issue, I'll always figure it out. Um, I guess that's like, you know, like kind of like a gift and a curse, you know, just like being like a really like astute problem solver when, you know, maybe I do need to leave. <laughs> maybe, maybe LA is my problem. But like, if I'm ever in a crisis, I'm able to like problem solve. So that's how I've always like been able to stay here. Um, cause a lot of people, I think, I guess, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, aren't able to stay here because it's so expensive to live here. Um, but I do have uh, a job that affords me the ability to live out here. And I'm thankful for that. And it's a job I could do, you know, sorry, ugh, literally anywhere. Um, I do work at a law firm. Yes, folks. Um, I could do that anywhere, but I choose to do it here. And I don't even know why I was so emotional tonight. Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, nothing in particular stirred me, really. But I feel like lately I've been struggling with just like... Um, I feel like there's something I'm not doing in comedy in my career 
that I need to be doing and I'm searching for exactly what it is. And it's, I have ideas for multiple projects, but I haven't, you know, I've, you know, written stuff down and, you know, um, you know, put my thoughts together on certain things, but I haven't executed any of these ideas yet. And I feel like, um, a part of me is upset with myself because I, I think that I should be at a certain place in my career and I'm not, and I feel a little frustrated because of that. Um, and then also I feel frustrated with my perceived inability to execute these ideas. And I'm not exactly sure where this is coming from. Um, I feel like, I don't know, I, I, I do procrastinate with certain things. Um, and I'm trying to learn how to cut back on that and not do that because procrastination is related to, you know, um, a lot of issues related to anxiety and the fear of failure and uh, the fear of success and all those sorts of things. Um, yeah, and I feel like I procrastinate way too much. Um, I don't know exactly what it is or why it is. Uh, these are all things I'm, you know, still learning about myself and still thinking about. Even though, like, part of me in my head, like, thinks, like, I've already run out of time. I have no time left and I'm never going to have a career in comedy. These are, like, real thoughts that I have. And possibly this could be you thinking this. And it, maybe it could apply to any type of career. I don't know. Maybe this will help somebody. But, you know, a lot of people who see me, and I'm not trying to, you know, like, brag about my career or anything like that because um, it's not going well a lot of people who see me from the outside looking in think I like really have it together think that my career is going really well you know they see me like getting booked on things like people admire me like I have like these like young open micers come up to me and be like oh my god like you're so funny um, I had a girl, <laughs> I had a girl recently tell me like, she was like, oh, I, I, I've seen you, I've seen you twice and you're always so amazing. It's always such a treat to see you. And I was like, holy fuck, you know? And, um, see, I, I hesitate to say like, well, I'm not trying to brag, but I, I guess I am a little because I have worked hard, um, to hone an act that I feel proud of. Um, right now I feel funnier than ever on stage. I really do. Um, I feel like my standup has just like reached another level, um, that I'm super proud of. And, um, I think it is showing in my performances. Um, the only issue I have is I haven't been going up a lot lately, um, just because I've been really busy with work and I'm taking, um, some classes right now that are unrelated to comedy in writing. Um, oh, sorry. So I think that I'm having some problems with um, my lack of ability to dedicate the amount of time I want to dedicate to my stand-up right now. And um, my perceived 
desire of how much I want to go on stage versus how much I actually want to go on stage. Because I think in our heads, like, we're all like, oh, I want to be booked every night of the week. I just want to be booked, 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 you know, every night of the week. And I think about that. I'm like, yeah, I wish I was, you know, that comic who is like so beloved by everybody and booked on everything. But then again, I think like, wow, that's kind of a nightmare for me because um, I do feel like I need a couple nights off a week at least um, to myself to, you know, do like certain like self-care practices um, and it's exhausting going out every night in Los Angeles or the LA area. Um, so yeah, the shows I have been doing recently, they're kind of like far apart and that's fine. Um, and I guess part of this is me coming to the realization that I kind of don't want to be that comic who, you know, everyone you know, loves and admires and books on everything. I feel like that would be like so much pressure. Also, I'm old and <laughs> also I'm old and nobody wants to hear what me at 32 years old, a decrepit, a crypt keeper of a woman has to say about anything. Um, no, I'm kidding. I have a lot of great life experience that I want to share on stage. But, um, yeah, I just think, like, the pressure of being, like, sort of, like, um, a Hollywood, like, you know, uh, popular, you know, it comedian, you know, up-and-coming comic, hot comic, that sounds like a lot of pressure. And would I like to be on, you know, a list or something? Sure. You know, I would love to be on a list. Um, but... I want things to happen in my career when I feel ready for them. Um, and I want my stand-up to be at a place where I feel like if I have to pop off, like I have to pop off like big, you know what I mean? Um, I want to be prepared for everything. So I feel like the work I'm doing now in my stand-up and the sets that I'm doing are really building towards something bigger and I don't know what that thing is yet, but I just have to have faith that there is something bigger coming that maybe I can't see it now, but it has to be out there. Um, so that's what I'm working on with that. Um, and I'm just working through still like a lot of self-doubt uh, type issues. I think we all have this. Um, you know, for years, you know, I was told that I wasn't, um, much of anything. <laughs> and this was by, you know, my father, uh, my peers at school. I even had like teachers who used to make fun of me. And, you know, I really had like very few supporters when I was growing up as a child. And looking back on it, I think, um, about how sad it was that I was just this, um, this young girl, you know, with nobody really looking out for her or protecting her. And what I'm trying to do now is to uh, nurture that sort of inner child that's been neglected for so long. Um, and it's, it's like painful stuff. Like doing this type of work on yourself is so fucking painful. Like I can't even describe it. I mean, some of the, some of the most traumatic memories I have, you know, they keep bubbling up to the surface. I keep reliving them. Um, 
it's it's kind of like a complex PTSD issue um where i'm just like constantly remember like remembering you know certain like incidents of like verbal abuse that took place in my household when i was a kid and it's rough stuff like it's really rough it's really rough reckoning with the fact that um one of your parents was abusive verbally and emotionally abusive um you know once i admitted that to myself you know a lot of uh a lot of guilt i had went away i think you know my father always like wanted to make us feel guilty about certain th- whatever i mean i don't even want to spend too much time talking about him but you know i grew up with a parent who was extremely narcissistic and everything was about him and the only way he could feel good about himself was by putting down his wife and children and when you think about that good god that's like it's so fucking pathetic it's pathetic um that i had a father like that um are there good things about my father i i mean some Um, not a whole lot. And I've thought about this, about like, if I have any positive memories of my father and I have very few, if any, um, it's, it's still really difficult reckoning with all these things. And I feel like in my immediate family, I'm the only person who's working on, uh, reckoning with these things and actively working on them in therapy. I'm the only person in my immediate family who has ever been to therapy, uh, which is crazy, uh, because it was the most, uh, possibly the most chaotic household I could ever have imagined. Um, just like constant yelling, constant fighting between my parents, um, just like tons of, you know, verbal put downs. I can't even tell you like some of the things my father used to tell me. I mean, he used to tell me that like, that I, my laugh was horrible, that I would have to change the way I laughed or no one will ever love me. Um, he told me that I was fat all the time. Like he loved to tell me I had to lose weight. And he started doing this, you know, when I'm like, probably like 13 or 14 years old. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, I'm the fattest girl in the world. When looking back on pictures of myself, um, I was extremely thin and I was tall hold on i need a sip of juice and that's better um yeah i was always tall <coughs> so i was like you know like 510 at the age of uh you know 13 or 14 and I was probably like, I, I mean, I was, you know, I'm the same height now, but I was like a few dress sizes smaller than I am now. And I used to think I was like fucking fat. And my dad would tell me if you like, if he saw me like putting a piece of food in my mouth, he, he'd be like, oh, if you keep eating that, I'm going to have to roll you to school. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, who the fuck are you to talk to a teenage girl like that? You're weak. You're a weak individual to do that. Um, yeah, so I have a lot of anger (laughs) towards my father. What can I say? I, I haven't seen him in over six years. 
And, well, I mean, the reason for that is because he left the country. He doesn't live in the country. Um, I shouldn't even say where he lives. Um, and he's just, he's, I don't even know if I need to have another conversation with him again in my entire life. I don't know if I have anything to say to him. Because when somebody is so far gone and so mentally ill that they're stuck in this narcissism where they abuse women and children, <laughs> their own their own wife and their own children. Do you think it's worth even saying anything to somebody like that? Because he's in a world that I cannot even imagine. Like the way he thinks is not the way normal people think. Like I cannot even comprehend being that you know, small-minded and cruel, or you feel the need to, you know, and I, and what I really think this goes back to is I don't think he ever wanted to be a husband or a father. And he had some idea in his head that he was supposed to be like, I don't know, like, you know, rich and successful and all this stuff. But he, he was like totally delusional because nothing he ever did brought you know riches and and success or anything like that i mean he was an alcoholic who played the lotto all the time or like went gambling all the time this isn't even what i wanted to talk about but i guess we're getting into something but um yeah he was just totally delusional about who he was and what his life was and he had some idea some fantasy that you know he was supposed to be in some other type of life and he just like totally neglected my mother and uh, myself and my sister and quite honestly I feel like a lot of the pain and trauma I experienced could have been prevented if he had left but the fact of the matter is my mother would have had no way to support us if he left um yeah and that and that's just like the truth you know um she wouldn't have been able to handle it you know i mean my mom like she's you know she's a sweet woman if she's listening to this then whatever fuck it i mean she just doesn't she just wouldn't have the ability to support a family on her own i'll leave it at that um so there was you know this sort of like catch 22 where I wanted him gone so bad, but if he had left, like, we probably would have been, like, in total, like, financial dire straits. So, you know, he stayed until I was, like, 26, and, you know, that's it. Bye. Bye. You know, what else can I say to that? And I really hate when when men, like, especially, like, male open micers at open mics, they'll, like... They'll have these like dumbass fucking premises about like women with daddy issues. And it's like, motherfucker, like you have no idea what you're even talking about. You know, um, do I have I, I, I hate that term daddy issues. My issue is with uh, a narcissistic, abusive parent. OK, I, I wouldn't call this a daddy issue. Um, yeah, he happened to meet my father. Um, and yeah, it's something I'm still working through. Um, and I feel like I'm able to move past it. Um, trauma just takes a long time to process. And I feel like I'm 
processing now. I'm processing things now in a way that is much more sensible and thorough than ever before. You know, I'm I've I've been in therapy for on and off for 19 years, which is a lot, you know. I started pretty young. So I feel well, I mean, my dad, my father wasn't sane. He was not a sane person. I feel sane. And I feel sane because of therapy. You know, I feel like if I had never gone to therapy, God knows what would have happened. I mean, I I have no idea. I'd hate to even think about it. Um, I think therapy saved my life, you know. And I'm not trying to, like, say that in some high dramatic fashion. But I think going to therapy genuinely saved my life. Um, and that has been a PSA for Talkspace. Um, our new sponsor. No, that's, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So yeah. So tonight I was driving home, uh, with a single tear falling from my eye. (laughs) That's what the symbol of Los Angeles should be. Um, you know, a young girl in her twenties, early thirties, uh, with a messy bun driving a hybrid car. Uh, with a single large tear falling from her eye. That's what we should put that on a coin. Because um, that's what I look like tonight. You know, just that single tear falling from my eye. And that, you know, crying is good. You know, I felt like I got it out. And when I got home, I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, like you're so pretty and so cute. And why do you feel like this? <laughs> I always, I'm always astonished when I, when I look in the mirror. Cause like on the inside, I'm like, oh my God. Like I, I've said this before that I feel like I look like Walter Matthau. And you young kids, you're like, who's Walter Matthau? And it's like, come on. If you don't know who Walter Matthau is, I have no help for you. I really do not. He's a legend. Okay. Um, so in as far as my comedy, I feel like I'm just, I need to recalibrate and reconfigure um, some of the projects I want to be working on. Um, because there are things, you know, outside of stand-up I'd like to be working on. Um, and I, and I know I'll be able to achieve them because, you know, a, a couple of years ago I was, I kept saying, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. And I felt like I didn't know where to start or what direction to go in. And yeah, I have a podcast. So whatever. It's a one woman operation down here, which is fine. Would I ever consider being on a network? Sure. Which one? I don't know. Who knows? But you got to have a podcast. The fact of the matter is if you're going to be comedy, you need to have a podcast. And I do. Um, so just like with the podcast, these other projects I want to work on, I have to just think about how I'm going to, going to execute them because the sheer stress of thinking about how I'm going to handle uh, executing some of these projects, like just, it just blows my mind and I get overwhelmed and then I get sad and I get frustrated and I think, well, I'm never going to be able to do it. And that's my thought process. I'm just like totally like catastrophic thinking. The worst thing is going to happen. The worst case scenario is going to come true, blah, blah, blah. And that's just not the case. Um, 
Does any of this make sense? I feel like it does. Um, I did cough a couple times. I'm sorry, but this flu has been rough. I went back. To, I only took one day off of work and I, I went to work today and I'm like sitting at my desk and I feel I'm feeling like I'm going to faint. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like I'm like sweating all over like my face and my hands. So I'm like, I shouldn't have come here today. But I did. That's what I did because I'm insane. So, yeah. Um, One other one other thing I wanted to talk about before we go. Um, This is a thought I had today. So, you know, when you're dating someone <laughs> relatable, right? Um, And you think they're a good person. You think they're a good person for a long time. And then you break up. And then, like, more time passes and you have time to think about the relationship and everything that happened. And then you realize, wow, that person was a fucking asshole the entire time we dated. Um, Because that just happened to me recently. (laughs) Where I was thinking about um, one of my exes. And, I mean, we've been broken up for a good while now, like, almost two years. And just some of the things that he did and said... Like, he was a fucking asshole. You know, like, I remember there was this one time where I was trying to light a candle and he, like, got all, like, fucking smarmy with me because I asked him to help me do it. And he just got all, like, he got this nasty fucking look on his face and he goes, ugh, ugh, you know, like, why don't you, why don't you do it yourself? Why don't you, like tilt the candle towards you when you're lighting it you know just like with this total like unnecessarily uh, unnecessarily nasty fucking tone you know and like looking back on him like ew like he was a bad person this was a bad person and another thing he did is he um rode a bike and he would (laughs) He would put his bike in the backseat of my car, you know, because I'm a nice lady. You know, I'm a nice lady who does nice things for her man when she has to. And so he would put it in the backseat of my car and would get like bike grease on the backseat of my car. And he never once like cleaned it, offered to clean it, offered to pay to clean it. He's just like a fucking lazy fucking asshole piece of shit. Um, I still can't believe that there's still bike grease on the backseat of my car (laughs) and I'm still annoyed with that, you know, but yeah, looking back on it, oh my God, like, fuck you, like, honestly, fuck you. And, and then like the fact that he like told me to lose weight, it's like, how about you lose your fucking three DUIs? Like, why don't you do that? Oh, wait, you can't go back in time and undo a DUI. So, whatever. Um, Yeah, only, like, nasty people say things like that to you. You reminded me of my father in that way. Just, like, the nasty things he said. Ugh. Gross. Get a grip. Grow up. Um, And, of course, like, you know, his side of it is that, you know, I'm fucking crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. you know, we're all a little fucking crazy. Maybe I am crazy, you know, but guess what? You're an asshole. That doesn't change the fact that you're an asshole. And um, you said mean things to me and treated me like shit. So, and I'm not an idiot. So now that I've figured it all out, you know, 
hindsight is twenty twenty. You, you, when you're when you're in a relationship and you're having sex with somebody, you're blinded by oxytocin. Okay, all all of those hormones and good feelings and neurotransmitters that are being stimulated. Yeah, you're gonna think that you're with a good person, but guess what? Uh, a little time. A little therapy and a little common sense will reveal otherwise. And you know what? This is what I'll say about him, okay? Because this is what you're supposed to say about, you know, every person that you don't really like anymore. I wish them joy. Uh, yes, I wish you joy. Um, and I feel like that's it. Um, next week I'll be back with a guest. Uh, not sure who yet. Uh, this is a very, we're, the, this, the podcast is being very, um, last minute, uh, lately because of my schedule, but, um, I'll figure it out. We'll have a guest next week. Um, and if you want to follow me on, uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, my handle is at fixed air Heather. Um, I'm going to be at, uh, Mickey's in West Hollywood on April 22nd on Ruthless People. And then also I have my roast battle with Deidre Devlin coming up on April 30th at the Comedy Store. That'll be around 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Um, Okay, so I guess that's it. Take care of yourselves, guys, and go to therapy, please. Okay, bye.